Welcome to another episode of I Know I'm Crazy with Naja Hall. Did you guys like the way I sounded? Because I'm thinking if this doesn't work out, I am going to go into my next career as a gangster rapper slash R&B singer. What do you guys think? Tell me um, in the reviews because you guys love leaving me crazy reviews over on iTunes. Make sure you go check out that iTunes. Today I am talking to Kate Anthony. Kate is the host of the critically acclaimed and New York Times recommended podcast, The Divorce Survival Guide Podcast, and the creator of the groundbreaking online coaching program, Should I Stay or Should I Go?, which helps women make the most difficult decision of their lives using coaching tools, relationship education, geeky neuroscience, community support, and deep self-work. No stranger to the camera, Kate spent the first 30 years of her life as an actor with a career that began with five years on Sesame Street and concluded with five years on Grey's Anatomy. Kate, I think I saw you on Sesame Street. Oh my God. <laughs> Kate You're probably years. too young. <laughs> Kate lives in Los Angeles with her son, whom she lovingly co-parents with her ex. Two pups and a handful of fish. Kate Anthony, everybody! We're going to hear from Kate right after this intro. I know I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. I know, I know I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. Hey, Naja, it's so good to be with you and talk to you. Okay, guys, so this is like a rekindling of a love connection because Kate and I <laughs> met, I think it was last year, on um, another friend of the I Know I'm Crazy podcast. She, um, you, what, now whose podcast? That was Ben's It was, podcast, it was right? Ben, yeah, it was Ben and Susan and I, our live, the live stream that we do, and yeah, we totally fell in love, and then we had booked to record me on your podcast, and then I got COVID. <laughs> Guys, so I think we recorded that video during COVID, or maybe like yes. a little bit before, and then I was like, Kate, I love you, I need you on my podcast and she's like okay yeah let's do each other's and then yeah that's right you got COVID. and then i got and then i got COVID. we were and about to like, record i don't know not saying you kate because i kind of feel like during covid everybody was using the covid excuse oh my god i'm on a ventilator nausea i can't do your podcast <laughs> oh but you didn't send me no, any i was I, like how are you kate like, oh i was so it was effects it was bad it was bad i did have some they seem to be dissipating i will say like i had it in november and um up until just like a few weeks ago i was still having some pretty bad just like exhaustion or like if i overexert myself then i'm like i like i could not be doing the boot camp that you're doing you crazy yeah. ass woman <laughs> um <laughs> I couldn't because it would like I just hit a wall of exhaustion that's that's not like a not like oh I'm tired like like I can't actually function you physically could not physically could not physically could not that sounds and like so, long lasting effects though Kate. yeah so yeah what about now like are you doing anything to up your endurance or increase the lung capacity um I went to a lung to a pulmonologist to check my lung function because I was worried and they're like, you're totally fine. Um, but they were like, just, you know, do, you know, we're just, just get 
you know, back into light exercise in, you know, increase your endurance slowly. I basically have to pretend like I've never worked out before. (laughs) Like I'm doing right now. I feel like I've never worked out. (laughs) Yeah. It's frustrating, like psychologically, but physically it (laughs) was way better. (laughs) So you're honoring your limitations, but you're still like you're doing it. I'm so glad that you're okay, Kate. Me you know, too. it was scary. It guys, was scary. as we sit here and, you know, as you listen to Kate, you are going to fall in love with her just like I did instantly <laughs> when we met. So, Kate, let's talk divorce. Ooh, oh, let's talk that because I love it. You know, you, you ask point blank, should I stay or should I go? And that's one of the age old questions. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to be like those typical podcasters. You know how you go on the podcast and they'll read your blurb real quick and come up with these old dumbass questions to ask <laughs> you. Like, so, Kate, should they stay or should they go? I don't want to do that. No, I, want, I, I wouldn't answer that. that anyway. I don't yeah. know. Because <laughs> you're like, dude, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Like, right, right, right. So then divorce is some people say it's like the death of a family. Mm-hmm. It's literally your system that you've created with another person. It's come apart. And mm-hmm. the unfortunate, depending on the angle you're looking at it, the fortunate or unfortunate part is no one actually dies. So you got to like watch them live and breathe and walk around. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, you don't get to grieve in the manner we think with the actual physical death. Like this song bitch is still walking around. Yes. I mean, so let's talk great. about the grief from divorce first mm-hmm. before we start mm-hmm. talking about the decision making process. Let's talk yeah. about the grief from it. How mm-hmm. is one, what are some of the most unhealthy ways that we have seen people grieving? Like, what do you experience in your line of work? Well, it's interesting because I, I love that you asked <laughs> the question that way. What are some of the most unhealthy ways? And I think, like, stalking is a form of grieving, right? (laughs) Like you can't let go. Right. And I'm not talking like unhealthy psycho stalking. I'm talking just like constantly checking their Facebook, seeing the, watching their Instagram, looking at their stories, like calling their new person. Oh, Ooh. (laughs) Going to their job. Tell that. See, that's like, yeah, that's, that's, that's bigger stalking. Right. But just use your imagination, Kate. (laughs) gotta get creative (laughs) right like but just like staying connected like and it's so hard when you have kids like look if you don't have kids like block go no contact cut those ties cut those it's really hard and then you're gonna be able to grieve more fully and completely and maybe someday you can be friends, but at that point you'll be coming from it from a more clean perspective. Like, do I even like this person? <laughs> right? Probably not because you divorced him. Right. Or, it, it's you know? entirely possible. Right. I have a client who doesn't have kids and she recently, she, we like blocked. She was so connected. She was like, but don't you think I should reach out? His grandma died. Don't you think I should? And I was like, nope, <laughs> nope, yeah. nope. Right. Cut it off. Why do you know that his grandma died? not healthy. Facebook so, is girl, get off that man's Instagram and Facebook and well, and also unfollow their family members. Right. So wait, like, okay. Kate, that's hard though, because let's just say you've been in this 10 year marriage and mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, this, their family has watched you grow up. You've become yeah. friends with his sisters. Mm-hmm. His mother treats you like one of her children. So it's like when you leave this relationship right, right. with this person, yep. you've lost a whole slew of people. Is that really fair to, let's just say it was me. Let's, is it, would that re- really be really fair to me and those relationships that I spent time 
yeah. building? Well, it depends. So if you're having, if you're having a hard time moving on and you're suffer, you yourself are suffering, <laughs> then it's worth a conversation with those people. If they really love and care about you to say, listen, I love you. And I want to make sure that we maintain our relationship. I'm going to have to unfollow you on social media for a while, because every time I see <gasps> something that has to do with him, oh it God. really triggers me and I get upset, but like, please let's continue this relationship offline, right? Like what's the real relationship? Mm. Because I think a lot of us will find that if we're not connected on socials, then we actually have no clue what's going on with a particular person. So you're saying, yeah. let's define and see if this if this is really a, a friendship. So then what about for the parents, the older folks, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, let's just say when your ex-partner, yeah. your parents aren't on Facebook all the time and you would have a yeah. Monday tea with their mom or something. Should mm-hmm. you look at this beautiful old lady and say, mom, mom, number two, I... I got to dump you because your son is an idiot. No, I mean, look, I mean, it really depends, right? If this is a relationship that you value and if you can sit down at that Monday tea and say, hey, um, you know, I'm having trouble and I'm divorcing your son, but I love you and I really hope we can maintain our relationship. And she says, I love you too. Let's do that. Then great. And then there are some rules that come along with that though, right? There are boundaries, right? This is a boundary conversation. And this is a conversation where you say, okay, great. I would love it. But hey, let's keep our conversations to being about us and what's going on with us. Right. Cause I need to kind of not know what's going on with him for a while because every time. So this client that I told you about that was, you know, cut off, blocked, unfollowed, all of that stuff. She was really going through the grieving process and she, and she went back and she unblocked and she looked and she said, Kate, it set me all the way back to zero. Yeah. I had to it's start like, all it's like over Alcoholics again. Anonymous, right? It's like, right. you know, hey, I'm nausea. I haven't gone and stalked their social media for 30 days. And then you do it and you're back at day one. You're back, baby. You're back That's at right. day one. It's, and you, you really are, home. from a grief perspective, it really, she said, it just set her right back. And she's like, you know, and from a coaching perspective, I was like, great. So you learned that <laughs> lesson, right? I'm not here to make you feel bad about it. You figured it out. And now, you know, you see how you feel right now. now Cause now you have to sit and fester and your mind has to start to wander. And oh my God, don't let them have um, a lipstick stain on their shirt. Or don't let them, or <laughs> right. don't let it be your ex-wife and you see some big muscular arm in half the photo. Mm-hmm. And you and you go down that rabbit hole mm-hmm. of torturing yourself. Right. And you will. You will torture yourself. It's so hard, so, though, Kate, to just cold turkey and stop it. Like, <laughs> it. It is. But like all addictions, that's kind of the only way. It's an addiction. I mean, it really is. It is an addiction, I think. At that point, if you're, if you can't stop looking and tracking, you have to look at it like an addiction, right? Because it's, it's compulsive. Which is yeah. addic- which is an addictive sort of um, trait, right? Yeah. The compulsion. Um, and if you have chosen to not be with them, if you're the one who chose to not be with them, then why are you still stalking them? Like, why do you care? 
I mean, of course we care. We had a life with this person. Right, right. These um, are rhetorical questions, yeah. but these are yeah. questions we should be asking ourselves once right. we are on um, 2008 of their Facebook page. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she scrolled all the way back. <laughs> scrolling all the way back. <laughs> way. Scroll back and 20 years. Out, right, and then you find out that they deleted all their photos with you. And, <gasps> I mean. And that, and that sets oh. you back even more. Yep. Oh yep, exactly. God. I mean, right, you don't, why, don't do that to yourself. Love yourself enough to choose the path of healing. What you're choosing by doing this is a path of torture. We don't need to do that. So when you're supporting your clients that are like, what does that look like? You know, you haven't, when do people come to you when they're gone, when they've gone through the divorce process or when they're gone, when they've kind of gone crazy, when do you get them? I get them when they're asking, should I stay or should I go? Okay. Most of the time. Um, Ooh, that's hard because you could like essentially be a family killer. <laughs> well, it's not me. <laughs> First of all. <laughs> guys, don't so put that Kate on me, Naja. Guys, <laughs> Kate and I are looking at each other right now and she you should have seen the look on her face. <laughs> that's not on oh, me. Yeah. Yeah, wow, okay. Kate, that's a heavy job. You're like annihilating families. That's a not lot of responsibility. <laughs> what I'm doing is empowering women to live healthy and happy lives with healthy and happy relationships, right? So, so here's the deal, right? If you're up in the middle of the night and you're Googling, should I stay or should I go? You're probably not in a healthy and happy relationship. Yeah. Right. Because people who are happy are not doing that. Right. right. So you come to me and then we sort of look at all the, you know, the many layers and angles of why you're not happy. Um, You know, we have to look at the first thing we do. The very first thing that I do with all of my clients and in my online program is look at you. Because we okay. spend so much time looking at him. Is that motherfucker is doing this and he's doing this and he's <laughs> him and like, no, 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 Right? Hold up. <laughs> you, let's hold the mirror to our own faces. That's okay. right. Put down the magnifying glass, pick up the mirror and let's, let's learn about you. Why did you choose? Like, look, he may be an asshole. He may be. But if he is, why did you choose him? Yeah. Because if you discard him, you will choose him again in another form. And again, right? and because, again, and again. Because that's your your psychological makeup. So we have to look at that. We got to look at why you're making these decisions, why you're choosing these people. And, you know, and then we can move through all the other, then we can look at him, right? Like, but we got to right. look at her at you first. Right. So it's, um, you that's know. That's to be probably a very difficult thing, though, because you uh-huh. know how it is when we're getting ready to break up or we're considering ending a relationship. A lot of us aren't doing the self-inflection. Like, no. how did I get here in the first place? And what about me uh-huh. is making this thing very difficult? It's easy to look at the other person. Exactly. It's so is that much the easier. point when a lot of people drop out? They're like, nope, I can't do it. It's too hard looking at me. I don't like what I'm seeing. No, they don't actually, because what it does is it empowers them. It gives them back their power because they are going, oh, right. That's my thing. I can actually do something about that. I can't change him. They know they're powerless over changing him. Right. So like, oh, that's my shit. I can work on that. I can actually take that and create myself in a way that works for me. Yeah. That's empowering. Right. And it also helps them go to him and say, gosh, you know, insert, you know, for, for certain people, right. Um, 
you, we were able to bring this to your spouse and go, oh, you know what? That was, I was blaming you for that. That was actually me, <laughs> you know? And spouses and, love hearing you're right. I'm wrong. That's right. That's right. <laughs> exactly. And look, I work with a lot of emotional abuse. That's a huge portion of what I work with. And a lot of it is helping women understand and recognize the signs of it and what it looks like and how it feels um, and how to safely extract themselves from that Let's dynamic. Let's go into that. Let's kind of dive okay. into what that looks like. How would one know? I know we can kind of feel it, but how do you mm -hmm. know if your relationship could actually be classified as an emotionally abusive one? It's a, it's a loaded question. I mean, I think the first thing that you have to look at is, am I, does this person love me or are they trying to control me? Yeah. Right. Because emotional abuse, all forms of abuse are about power and control mm, control keyword under the guise of love right it's in it's in it's just it it's thinly veiled as love right yeah. and so you if you say like he does all these things yeah but but he loves me um ask yourself like but yet it doesn't align you're like but that doesn't feel right like it doesn't if it's somehow dissonant and discordant like he says he loves me, but he does all these things. I don't, and they don't line up. Ask yourself if it would line up if he was trying to control you. Mm. He can, so you're, re, you're essentially replacing the word that you call love, mm -hmm. replace it with control mm -hmm. and see if it looks like control. Cause and see if that makes sense. Because you're trying to sense. fit the word love into the love peg, but it's just not fitting. You're trying to bash it and bang it in there. And it's just not. Right. Doesn't and if you it. pick up the control peg and you try to fit it in, does Honey, it fit? It glides right in. Like I'm about to glide in this size six. <laughs> it glides right in there. <laughs> so Hilarious. then after that, so that you, so once a person is able to admit to themselves, oh, wait, I am in a control-based relationship, not one that's yeah. rooted in love. Yeah. I might be in an emotionally abusive situation. That's right. Is there ever hope? Have you ever seen an instance where you got this client everything that you told you she was you were like yep control that's mm -hmm. control that's control mm -hmm. has there ever been an instance where you've seen somebody turn it around you know i'm working with someone right now who is and and time will tell so what tends to happen is first of all if if you're listening to this and you're like oh shit i think i might be in an emotionally abusive relationship your yeah. first order of business is not to rush to your partner and say I just figured it out. Oh, You're only abusing me, which is, by the way, what we all want to do. That's what I did. That's mm. what I did when I figured it out. I was like, if this is abuse. And yeah. he was like, you know, enraged because in the history of, of, of humans, no one has ever been like, Oh, <laughs> you know? okay. You're right. I'm an abuser. Oh, right. Right. Oh, I'm God. an abuser. Right. Okay. Like, mm, I mean, it has happened. Right. And so it's actually happening with this one client right now. And my thing is, if, if somehow you start to take, when you start to take your power and control back and say, uh-uh, I am not taking this anymore. Uh -oh. And they double down on the power and control, you're get, you know, do everything you can to get out safely. Because yeah. when you start to take your power and control back, they escalate. Mm -hmm. This is why, you know, in domestic violence cases, 75% of domestic of intimate partner violence murders occur when the, when they leave. 
the woman starts to, the per the part the person feeling the part usually women but it's yeah. you know it's not I try to be inclusive I'm you know I, I try to be very intentional about being inclusive I, but I do mess up sometimes thank goodness I have a very forgiving and understanding audience I'm trying to break some of those norms you know totally that, totally no, but the no numbers longer. I will say that the statistics bear out like yes, yes men yes. are abused absolutely yeah right statistically it's more often the other way around but right, right I mean I think women can be some very uh very convincing emotional abusers because yeah, while we don't have by way what men carry in brute honey we can connive and manipulate just like the yeah. biggest ones. So absolutely, hundred percent, hundred percent. So, then, 100%. so, then, so, wait, so I think to think of things right now. Yeah. So this. So you know, and I always say, if they're like, he says he's going to change. He saw the light. He he's reading the books, right? And I say, great. Give it three to six months. Yeah. Right. Because they and and you know nine times out of ten they can't keep it up for that long unless they really go to therapy and get super intentional and really care now so i have a client formative then they're they're acting like they're better because they're losing control and it's now another tactic to to regain control oh he's changed okay i'll stay right so it's right exactly it's a tactic mm. it's a tactic. okay okay so so, but sometimes it's, you know, sometimes it's real. And I have this client right now who was in a horribly abusive marriage and he is, you know, and it's been a good six, seven, eight months or a year. And he is doing the work and he's on a 180. I've never seen anything like it. Never. So this is and, one out of the almost thousands of people yeah. that you've worked with. Yeah. Is, I don't right. want you guys to listen to this and be like, well, Kate said there are no right. guys talk about one person guys yep i am i am and again time will tell like i'm not i'm not i'm still not quite i'm a little consistent actor this could be the role of his life you know great if he keeps acting till the day he dies then that's great if he doesn't abuse her i can dig it i'm cool right if he doesn't abuse her fine i don't care yeah but you know i don't who knows who knows right but so i have seen it but it requires the person to actually do the work it requires that the person actually go to therapy look the worst thing that you know the thing that we always do women in particular is um we look at our abusers most of our abusers have been abused Mm. they had suffered some kind of trauma that created some narcissistic wound and like all of this stuff right and we look at that and we're like oh but they're just wounded and if I can help them, girl, right? I can like, help them. I can, I can how how can you help them? them? Mama couldn't help them. The system couldn't help them. But all of a sudden, we're going to throw on our capes. Yep. And, and we are. And we do. And we get so exhausted by it, right? Because, yeah. listen, we're not equipped. This is not our job. Does your partner share kids with a loony? Are your stepkids driving you up a wall? Is your partner failing miserably at setting boundaries? Well, VIP Stepmom is where you need to be. 
We're an exclusive private community just for stepmoms, and we'd love for you to join our tribe. Each month, our members enjoy private conversations, podcasts, expert workshops, a subscription to Stepmom Magazine, and monthly live Zoom meetings. If you're ready to join a diverse community that is committed to making sure you live your best life, visit VIP Stepmom today. We'll save a seat for you. VIP, VIP, Stepmoms, that's you and me. Not our fucking job. I have a whole podcast called Not Not Your Fucking Job. Not my <laughs> like, job. Right. <laughs> right? To be his therapist. And men resist so often, men, so often, not always, but so often, men resist going to therapy. And that is a cultural thing. Yeah. That is what we have done to men. We have. They did it to themselves, though. Well, culturally, like, right. I feel like, if, but who set the tone mm -hmm. for culture? I think exactly. it's men. So you guys yes. kind of. You know, you pumped your nuts up real big and now you got to sit on them. You know, it's, <laughs> you listen guys, and I'm using from, I'm using very clean language. So I, I said nuts. You Thank did. You okay. So, <laughs> so then Kate, you're seeing this person. It, it sounds like, yes, seeing our partner, an abusive partner go into therapy mm -hmm. and begin to do the work and have this self-actualization like, oh, Okay, there's some pieces of me that are not healed. And so uh -huh. then consistency yep. sounds like that's the kicker, though. Mm -hmm. That sounds like that's the thing, to the, the telltale sign. Yes, but also, like, even just going to therapy, because most of them don't do that. <laughs> most of them are just like, oh, I see the light. I'm changed. And you're like, no, okay, well, I need you to see the light with the therapist, though. Uh-huh. And then uh, Exactly. And so then most of them don't do that. And that's the word. That's the hard part. And I'm not talking. Well, what do you do if you have a, a partner that's like, oh, I'm going to go to therapy. Oh, yeah, yeah, let's go. And they come up with excuses. Like at, at that point, what is a person supposed to do? If they come up with excuses and then they don't yeah. want to go to therapy and they're because, like, because you think, think about it, because like you said, people will agree like, OK, yeah, I know I need some help. And you're like, boom, I'm going to find a therapist. And then they come up with an excuse or something happens. How are you? So how's a person supposed to deal with that? I mean, it's a very difficult pill to swallow because what it says is that they're not actually interested in doing the work to change. They don't want to. They don't want to do it. They they're don't want to do change. it. And they're not going to. That's the thing. They're not, not going to. They, not I would, they are not going to do it. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, you'll see also women begging men to go to therapy, begging, begging, begging. Please go to therapy. Please go to therapy with me. And then when women are done, we're done. Yes. And then we're done. And then they're like, wait, 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 wait I'll go to therapy. I'll go to therapy. And at okay. that point, it's go for therapy. yourself. For go sure. for yourself. Hey, honey, I'm done. That's right. So, Ooh. you know, I, I'm starting a, <laughs> starting a, uh, I just did a TikTok on this, um, uh, marriage advice from a divorce coach. Mm. And, you know, the oh, first, that's good. Right. The first, and the first one is the, if someone asks you to go to therapy, go immediately. Because they may not ask again. And right. when they're done, they're done. And you get bonus points if you actually find the therapist yourself. Mm. Like, take that shit seriously, y'all. Take it seriously. Do it. If someone asks you to go, that means... I feel like at the point where a woman asks... Uh, a person asks their partner to go, mm -hmm. in their own minds, they're seeing this as a last-ditch effort to try to salvage whatever they can. They're not exactly. saying, hey, let's go to dinner. Let's go on vacation. They're saying, we need to fix this thing. Yep. So much so that we need someone, a professional to come in and kind of help us. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So if they're asking you for that, like they've tried should to Should you go to, to therapy you. with them? Like, should this be like a couples type of thing? Should be. Or should that they should find be. an individual therapist mm-hmm. to go see? And um, it's a great question. There's so you should never go to therapy with an with an active abuser, someone who's in active addiction or in an active affair, right? Those you will never get anywhere in couples therapy with that. Oh, people go to like so you can be having an affair and uh, and, and go to ther- marriage counseling with your partner, your spouse while they still have a girlfriend or boyfriend? Yeah, my ex did that the whole time we were in. <gasps> I didn't know. He was just in there lying through his teeth. Whole time. Whole time. And our therapist could not figure out why when we finally got divorced, they couldn't figure it out. And that was the reason. <laughs> Turns out. Yep. So, so no. <laughs> don't like, yeah, people do do that. Right. And, 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 you know, we don't know. Right. So like, there's me. And I'm like, here we are, like doing everything possible to try to save the marriage. Everything possible. Changing yourself, except, probably. <laughs> except. Cutting off the reason. He wasn't. Mm-hmm. Oh. So. I mean, I wasn't even planning on doing this, but, I do, you know, infidelity is something that comes up mm, a lot, especially in yep. the blended family community, because I see a lot of people will start their new relationship before they kind of finish the other one, and it gets messy, yeah. and it gets nasty. So then, so true. When you're dealing with clients in the case of infidelity, they're trying Mm -hmm. to heal from it, right? Mm -hmm. Let's just say, look, the partner, the spouse has said, I'm going to end this relationship, but the hurt is still there, Kate. Absolutely. And we don't always heal from that hurt of being betrayed in such a way. No. And, and look, this is a case for couples therapy. Do not. Like I will see, I see this over and over and over again, where the person who did the cheating is like, well, it's over. So you should just get over it. Right. Like it's in the past. Why, why can't you just forget about it? And it's like, well, you <laughs> well, literally how about I break your nose and, and stop bl- hitting you. So get over it. Exactly. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. I love that. It's a perfect analogy, right? You just dropped a bomb on my house. Well, the bombing stopped, but I am still standing in the wreckage of what used to be my kitchen. So I, I'm going to need help better because I want to break somebody's nose. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right? I, I think yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I like the nose breaking. I like the nose breaking. I like it. So, yeah. so the you know, it is the job of the person who did the uh cheating to do everything possible to make the other person feel safe again. So that means, you know, full disclosures. That means like anytime I say I want to see your phone, you have to show it to me. And it's not a violation of your privacy. You violated my trust. So in order for me to build my trust back, there are things that I need from you. And if you're unwilling to give them and you feel like they're a violation, then I'm even more suspicious of why you're what you're trying to hide. Right. So this is a, this is a wound that it's not my job to heal. It is your job to heal in me. And I get to created it. Right. Right. I get to say when I feel safe again and and it's look it like sorry it's a lot of work but it's that's how this goes it's <laughs> right? cheating back okay hey no. like, no. it's not like, you can't be like not. hey you cheated on me for five years and i'm gonna go out i'm gonna go like, to central pay and find a a big I old mean, 
I mean, oh, man. To fix is it. that like if you want to keep your marriage, like yeah, no. like, yeah, how I does that, keep the marriage. Okay? How does that? How does that help? Even we're even. It's an even playing field, and I feel like I'm repaying you. <laughs> when I was single, you know, I could totally, I could totally see something like that. And yeah, so, but it's just but not. It's just not helpful, right? Like okay. I get it. It's revenge, right? Okay, but like at the end of the day, you come home like. Do you feel better about your relationship? Depends like, on <laughs> depends yeah. on what happened while you're on vacation. <laughs> yeah, but if it was that good, are you really happy you about your relationship? Money for two weeks and be like, okay, honey, let's go to therapy, let's go to counseling now. Mm-hmm. So, so then, what about in cases where, listen, the infidelity has happened, the partner has given access to the phones, they've let go of that other person, they've even changed jobs. Let's just say it was a work yeah, affair, which a lot of a, them are. A lot they've, of them are. They've made the move, but you still just cannot get past what they did. It haunts you in your sleep. You see it, you, you still don't have this level of trust from them, and you feel as if you will never, ever be able to love them the same as you did before. Yeah. But they, they're the best person you've ever been with. Do you stay or do you go? Well, I listen, I, I always say that like he could, whether it's cheating or abuse or anything like that, like they could do a 180 and the trust has gone for you and you, and you just do not feel um, like, like you can get it back. That's okay. Like you still get to go. If you're, you know, and, and people, women feel guilty about this, especially women, yes. because we feel like it's our duty. We're supposed to sacrifice. We're supp- like all of this cultural bullshit. Yeah. And we're not, we also, by the way, barely feel like we're able to make these choices, right? We wait for men to ask us on dates. We wait for them to ask us to marry mm-hmm. them. We wait for yeah. them to ask us to dance at the school dance, right? Oh my God. I've never even thought about it like that, Kate. Yeah, we're waiting. We we oh. they're the ones who make all these choices, right? And then here wow. we are, and we want to make this choice, and we don't feel empowered to make that choice. That's not. We our... literally have never had that ability yeah. to feel like we can Get make the decision, in our, even from little girls. Right. Exactly. Getting, damn. Yeah. I never thought about that. Yeah. So just feeling empowered. It's feeling empowered is like, you know, and people, I hear women all the time say, well, I asked him for a divorce and he said, no, I'm like, girl, that's not a question. That's not, you're not asking permission. He said, no. Oh, it happens all the time. All the time. He doesn't agree. He doesn't have to. Yeah. Well, he can stay married to, I'm like, well, I'm not going to be married to him, but he can stay married to me, whatever. Yeah. Once you've, you know, because I'm pretty sure when a person comes to you, you know, if you're asking, should I stay if or you're should asking, I go? you're asking, you're looking for permission. You you want permission, right? Yeah. And so I know you've yeah. probably seen a handful of women or you've held a handful, a lot of people's hands if the, as they've walked through the divorce process. Are they truly happier once the whole deal is done? Yep. They, they really are. are. Really? They really are. Well, listen, if they've worked with me, we've uncovered every stone like we really have um and they have and they're really clear they have a lot of clarity and i'll tell you what there's nothing that makes it more clear than walking through the process because who like you know you want to know who someone is break up with them oh my god (laughs) right you see a monster you see a monster right and if you never would have imagined yeah right so then you're like wow okay 
you know, and so you feel more justified in your decision and you feel more like, uh, okay, this is You're clearly like, I was the so rhythm. right about them. Oh my mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't believe it took me this long. I can't believe it took me this long to see this. This is insane. Right. So yes, I have women in my Facebook group. I have an amazing Facebook group and I have women who are posting more often now. It's kind of great. Cause I guess the everybody's getting divorced post pandemic. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Right. And they're posting about their experiences on the other side so that women can, other women can really see it. Yes. And they're these beautiful, inspiring, you know, I had this woman a couple of weeks ago, she took a picture of herself on her lawnmower and she was like, y'all, I'm, lo- I'm like, I never thought in a million <laughs> years I was going to be like riding this fucking lawnmower. <laughs> like, but here I am. I mowed my own damn lawn. It's such right. a shift. Mm-hmm. All wow. the things that I thought I couldn't do without a husband, it. here I am. I'm doing it. Doing it. So it's life. So you've seen perfect examples of life being happy. Yeah. Post divorce. Can it Absolutely. be happier though? Because a lot of us, mm-hmm. especially our identities, are tied to our marriages mm-hmm. and divorce. A lot of people, I'm, I've heard, feel humiliation, a sense mm-hmm. of failure when something that happens. Yes. Is it a true happier? Because, you know, sometimes I'll see the pictures online and people are like, oh, my God, I'm divorced. I'm so happy. And I feel like they go home and cry in that iced tea at night. But I think they do both. I, I mean, I mean, I can say from my personal experience, right? Like I was never, I was elated when I got out of my marriage. It was like yes. the freedom, the the weight I had spent 10 years trying to contort myself into something that would be enough, something that would like, I, you know, well, if I just, you know, if I, if I, if I do this like personal development program and maybe if I do more therapy and I'll, you know, I'll do this or if I'm skinnier or if I change my hair color or if I like, then I'll be enough. Right. And the release from trying to be enough was, like you lost even... a, a ton of weight. It's like a weight lifted it off is a your shoulders. Weight lifted off your shoulders. And and at the same time, yes, the grieving, you know, that we were talking about in the beginning. At the same time, I'm grieving. At the same time, there's the loss of family. At the same time, like I'm not in as nice a house as I was before. You know, my lifestyle has dramatically shifted. And like there are things that, you know, but none of them would I trade for the marriage that I had. Sounds like freedom. You're like, listen, yeah. this freedom cost me a certain lifestyle, a certain home, the cloak yep. of marriage, but look at what you became. How does your, because I know you have, you men- we mentioned that you have a son. How does your son and even your ex-husband, how do they feel about the work that you do and you becoming <laughs> New York Times recommended and you all over TV and you all over radio? How do they feel about this? Um, my ex is pretty great about it now. He doesn't listen or watch, right? Yeah. Like he doesn't, um, which he is good. He might be coming to you to be, a coach, be his coach one day, honey. You never know. Mm, uh, I don't know anything about her ex, by the way, guys. That was totally me just being shit. Yeah. He's uncoachable. It's his wife that I... <laughs> <laughs> but that's another story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another story. But so, I mean, and you know, honestly... My son, my you know what? My son is so proud of me. Like I just got an agent for my book, and <gasps> just, like congratulations, Kate. Yeah, thank you. I know it's pretty. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. And so, like, he's just like he. I'll tell you, you know, he wrote me for Mother's Day this year. I'm gonna tear yeah. up at this. Oh, 
so for Mother's Day this year, he so he wrote me a card and he wrote, Mom, thank you so much for teaching me how to be a good man. Mm. And I was like, like, I was so, it, it, that's very layered. Um, he's in a in a state right now where he's like not loving on his dad because he's starting to see some, some. Yeah, he's coming into manhood he, and he's like, oh, he, wow. He, he's seeing yeah. it, right? And he's yeah. like, he's learning how to be a man from his mom, which I think is sad. And I think is, you know, but like, thank God. And I think, you know, also great. Yeah. Um, because I think that more thank boys God he has you learn how to learn how to be men from from the women in their lives too right i think it should be both yes but it's um so he's really proud of me my ex is proud of me like when i got my agent like i texted him and he was and he and his wife were both like oh my god this is amazing you know his his request to me early on when i started my podcast was when you tell stories just think about the impact it'll have on our son and like do you want your Did you son- think about I'm sorry, being shady again. Sorry, girl. Same. Okay, girl. Same. Okay. I was like, I was like, you don't get to hurt. You don't get to give somebody a narrative and then tell them what to write. Okay, ex- but exactly. And as when I was er- earlier on, I was like, it's true. Like, I don't need to. My son does not need to know the truth of everything that happened in Facts. my marriage. Like, it is not. It is not. Facts. I am not here to ruin his relationship with his dad by telling him the truth about things. Like that is not my job. Right. Um, and that wasn't and, his relationship. You know, he has a father son relationship. That wasn't his husband. It, so. Exactly. Unfortunately, it is starting to come out anyway. And like the same sort of dynamics are happening. And so like any strain that they have in their relationship, like he's doing that on his own. Right. Yeah. So like, right. whatever. You didn't um, have anything to do with that. Yeah. Yeah. But I understand. But like, I understood the request. Like that made sense to me. Um, I am getting a little bit less. um I, I I have fewer fucks to give lately. Yeah. And so I'm, sort of, I'm a little like, well, you know, you know, as Anne Lamott said, if you, you know, if, if you, so what does she say? Um, if you don't want people to write, you know, bad like negative stories about you, you should have treated them better in the yeah. first place. Right. Like, I'm uh, sorry. You're so like, this is my experience. And yeah. you gave me the experience. I should be able to do what I want to do with it. Yeah. I mean, I do think in many respects, he's a little, it makes him a little scared and on edge. Like it might even make him behave a little bit better. Yeah. My ex. I mean, cause who thinks like most people, when they commit such offenses against people, they literally get to go on with their lives and it doesn't get recorded and broadcast and put in the New York times bestseller (laughs) and the ex doesn't get an agent and they're not all over television. Right. But I mean, damn, Kate. But, and here's the thing. It is, it is in my best interest and it is in the best interest of my child that yes. he and I have a relationship. We have a, we have a, what we have a really good working co-parenting relationship. Yeah. And so and that's important. That's and that's important. in the best interest of everybody. So I don't, I don't do, I don't do anything to destroy that. Yes. So you still keep that, um, the integrity of mm-hmm. what that relationship represents for everybody yeah. intact. That's smart. Kate, but it's, it's, it's a hard balance. <gasps> It's a hard it's balance. balance. My yeah. third favorite B word. Balance. Mm-hmm. Balance. Okay, yeah. it's been like, I could never have enough time with you, I feel like. 
I know. You know, this this time has gone so freaking fast. We've gone way over the time that I told you that you would be here, but you have such a wealth of knowledge and you are just such an incredible human being. And I thank you so much for blessing the I Know I'm Crazy with Naja Hall audience with your presence. Okay, tell everybody <laughs> how to find you because I want you guys to go follow her, like her stuff, subscribe, buy the book. Go watch her episodes of Sesame Street. Like, do everything. Please go support Kate. Te- Kate, tell them how to find you. You're awesome. Everything is on my website, which is kateanthony.com. So you can find links to all the things. But if you're if you're on Instagram, I'm at the Divorce Survival Guide. If uh, my podcast is the Divorce Survival Guide podcast, I'm on TikTok as at the Divorce Survival Guide. And um, my Facebook group for Should I Stay or Should I Go is called Should I Stay or Should I Go. So, um all the places but links to everything on my website kateanthony.com yes and all of case links will be posted down below in the podcast blurb all right everybody thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of i know i'm crazy with Naja hall i hope you enjoyed it as much as i did i think you guys can tell how excited i was today i'll see you every other tuesday on your favorite streaming platforms i know i'm crazy with Naja hall i know i'm crazy i know i'm crazy I know, I know I'm crazy I know I'm crazy Naja Hall